the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits. Our line of credit program is easy, fast, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan. If you would like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we'll even give you a $250 credit on file that you can use if and when you use your line. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Dr. Ron Dale Tompkins. Dr. Ron is a certified management accountant associated with the Institute of Management Accountants. He holds a PhD in higher education policy, an MBA in finance and accounting, and he attended the Harvard University Strategy Strategy and Innovation Extension and is a member of the Center for Creative Leadership. Dr. Ron currently owns Turnaround Nonprofit Coaching to help frustrated nonprofit leadership and their teams. Dr. Ron has recently introduced, uh, had come out with a book uh, called Doing Bad at Doing Good. It's available on Amazon and it looks at very good and very bad nonprofits in the New York City area. Ron, welcome to the Nonprofit MBA podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Steve. Thanks for asking. So as we speak, we it is uh, March 16th, 2020. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the midst of everybody uh, coming to grips with the idea that we're in a pandemic. And, you know, when you think about a pandemic, uh, you know, if you're running a nonprofit, not only are you thinking of the safety of your family, your employees, but you're also worried about the health of the organization in itself. Would you agree? Oh, very much. Um, Steve, this morning, our school closed down. I, I also direct a school, 110 employees, 1,000 students, and we are locked. And so just uh, the tools that we're going to be talking about this afternoon, I have been using them all weekend. Yeah, and exactly what we're going to be talking about is, you know, what what should a nonprofit should be doing to prepare for a recession? And this is kind of, you know, saying if it happens, and I don't think you know you and I are saying if it's it's kind of it's going to happen. Agreed? I yes, very much so. And I see this. I'm on some Facebook nonprofit groups, and I see people in agony. Good people, people who are trying their best to do uh, do the public good. And are frustrated and scared. Yeah. So, I mean, have you have you been through these before? Uh, yes, but the last time I was through it, it was because of stupidity. It was not because of an external event. Oh, uh, it was stupidity that in that you caused your own recession, or <laughs> or or it was in two thousand eight or two thousand or nine eleven. It was two thousand fourteen, and. I was told that uh, there was a high need area and we should open up a center and we did so. 
and way overextended ourselves. Yeah. And that is really how I got involved with the whole coaching organization and realized that even the MBA, there was some key things that had not um, just, I, I wasn't aware of, I wasn't trained enough and we dug our way out, but yes. So uh, I don't expect today, frankly, to be as bad as 2014 for me. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I usually don't talk much in these podcasts. Usually I leave it to the guests. It just so happens that in this particular subject, I've, because um, I've uh, built seven companies over the last 25 years and the I've gone through two recessions, the the 9-11 recession and the 2008 recession. So in this unusual podcast, I'll probably be adding my experience too. It's not applicable. Uh, you know, I didn't work in the nonprofit sector, but I think it's applicable as well. So Ron, I mean, right off the bat, what would you think is probably one of the top things that um, nonprofit leaders should be thinking about right now? Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about today, and that's watching the Senate tonight to see if they pass the Small Business Administration package that includes loans to nonprofits, 2.75% interest I hear for 30 years. And so, Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's uh, good. I, I wouldn't have brought that one up. Go ahead. Keep talking about it. Um, you know, the thing I would like to say today, Steve, whether it's you, you with a line of credit or me with some of these other devices, I'm talking about a 90 day plan followed by a sustainable strategy. So your guests should hear that that's got to be in combination because it's possible to keep yourself alive for the next 90 days and collapse on the 91st day. Yeah, I think that I, I think even in taking a step back, the first thing is to realize that you got to start preparing for this now. If, if you're going to put your head in the sand or just wait and say, oh, well, I want to see what's going to happen. I don't think that's the right course of action. Do you? Oh, no, not at all. I, you know, I think there's got to be a reserve built up. Uh, I like to say to directors that I coach that the reason you're getting a higher salary than anybody else in the agency is we expect you to protect the agency and run a two to 4% profit per year. Yeah. So what's the first thing you do? You're an executive director at a nonprofit. Um, what's the first thing you, you, after you listen to this podcast, of course, what, what what's the first thing that you think that they should do? I think building the 90 day plan. And here's where I would differ from most of what I see happening on Facebook groups is everybody, the boards of all of these organizations are saying, go out and raise money. And I think that is highly unrealistic in this atmosphere. Certainly micro donations might be possible under $30, but micro donations start relationships. You are basically planting for a future harvest. They're not going to get you through the next 90 days. Yeah, I think the, the uh, wow. I think the first thing I would do is is look at my look at my current expenses and see where you know where are we spending money right now and you know where do I where can we cut back on? Uh, that's you know that's is that an area that you think you would do? I certainly think that with um, programs, for example, with most expenses, what I like to do is put them in two categories: program expenses, which are largely variable, but they're typically only about five percent of a nonprofit budget. 
So, you know, you're working with kids in a school and you cut back on the pencils and you stop using colored paper and use white paper. Yeah, you can cut back. And then on the other side, you can renegotiate some fixed expenses. For example, lease. Uh, you might you easily might be able to go to your landlord in this in this climate and say, we've got to have some lease concessions. I don't yeah. know if it's uh, smaller payments now and larger ones later or permanent discount or, uh, you know, what's available. It's going to be different in any case. But even with fixed expenses, you you can often make concessions because they're desperate, too. Yeah. You know, what landlord wants to lose uh, their, their tenant right now? Do you think, you know, I know one of the biggest expense, biggest, biggest expense at a nonprofit is their payroll. You know, are, are you starting to look at that? Well, for me, it is a highly moral question. Yes, we, we are. And we just came up with a plan. I'm meeting with a board later today. Uh, we're planning to fully fund our payroll through Wednesday, which is the end of this payroll. And we are actively working on a 30, an 18-day plan beyond that and trying to figure out how we can keep people fully funded because I know that people have rent to pay and this is, um, this is a, a difficult moral as well as practical financing issue. Um, certainly at, at that point, at some point, either the situation is going to resolve or let's say this was a regular recession. You've got the 90-day plan, but then you've got to have the sustainable strategy, which says basically the operations of my nonprofit can sustain themselves or not. And certainly if they cannot, then you've got to readjust the, um, the staffing. When we abandoned our one location, which did not work out well as, as financially, we had to release 50 staff. Yeah, you know, the other issue, too, is a lot of times – you know, one of the things I've noticed is the people who work at a nonprofit are sometimes just as needing the nonprofit as sometimes the people you serve uh, in the nonprofit. <laughs> so it's, you know, keeping people employed is a bigger deal, I think, in a nonprofit than it even, even is in the business sector. Uh, I can't, I don't think I'll speak to that one except to say that um, we work very hard to um, only retain people who are high quality. So that in the nonprofit that I lead, I'm extremely proud of the staff team and what they accomplish, the results yeah. that they accomplish. So to abandon them easily, uh, it's, it is, it's not something I can just do because it balances the 90 days. I'm going to fight harder for that. And that's where some of these tools of getting cash into nonprofits for the short term, we don't have just simple questions of let's cut expenses or let's go get donations. I just get, I, I, I'm surprised to hear that the time frame that you look at is 90 days. Are nonprofits that tight with the, with the money that they are looking 90 days? Well, Steve, our margins are tremendously low. Yeah, I mean, you know, Boeing crashed two planes and it took a couple of weeks for the head guy to even say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> if yeah. I lost one student, yeah. I'd be out of business by midnight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yes, I think that uh, I think that's probably true for some of for profits, too, that you've got this. You've got to have a, a limited period of time where you can figure out a sustainable strategy and get it going. 
But um, with a lot of us, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, that window of opportunity is, is brief. Because the, you know, one of the things that I wrote down that I had learned over the last two recessions was that the recessions typically last two to three times longer than you think it's going to be. And it just seems like if someone were to ask me, how long do I think the recession, again, I have no clue, right? But, you know, we're kind of preparing for the idea that this is going to go to 2020. So it's, you know, looking at it from 90 days, I think that's a good exercise. Um, But I think there's another way of looking at it too. And that is what happens if this happens, you know, six months, 12 months, you know, 18 months. um, And what do we do then? So, you know, I think you and I are both talking, of course, about the same thing. And that is start planning. Right. I mean, if you're not planning already, you really, you got to sit down and either with, by yourself or with your leadership team and your board is, you know, s- start putting down a plan uh, for what you're going to do. Um, agreed? Sure. And I suppose part of my p- part of my uh, interest in the 90 days is that some of my ideas are short term. For example, borrowing from government, whether it's the SBA or the Fund for the City of New York, these are devices that will get you through a brief uh, cash crunch. Uh, Even the line of credit, probably you need it to be renewed once a year, have have a 30-day policy at some point. So these are shorter term devices, uh, borrowing from board members. I was with a nonprofit in January doing some coaching and the ED, the executive director, had made a tragic error, very easy, I could identify. They planned a conference that didn't work out. And enough people did not come. They ended up uh, losing $200,000. Yep. And uh, what was the solution? A board member loaned them the money, interest-free. So yeah. actually going to board members, I think that's another source. If you are in the 90-day period, and you need to go around to the board members and say, can everybody, I don't know about 200,000, uh, but I think many of the boards we have, probably you could go to each board member and say, could you loan me 10,000? First of all, it's a much easier ask. You know, if you gave me a choice, Steve, of going to you as a board member and saying, can you loan me 10,000 so we can make payroll in this critical time? Or Steve, uh, I know it's hard, been hard on your investments, but could you give me 10,000? so I can make payroll. I'd rather ask you for the loan than I would for the gift. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep in mind. Yeah. Just keep in mind an IRS rules require that you do pay interest to that board member, just so you know. So it's, uh, there, there are certain rules and restrictions relating to that. Um, it's not a lot of money, but it, it does apply. Um, um, and, and there are other, there are other things too, to consider too, in, in regards to that. And that is, you know, the, a lot of times what I hear from the nonprofits that we work with is they've they've kind of gone that course in the past. <laughs> they don't like doing it a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah, I completely agree that if you had an annual crisis, at some point there's got to be sustainability. And I think that that's where your, your bigger point is, that making sure you're well protected for a, a recession with planning and, and securing a 2 to 4% annual surplus, getting four payrolls of cash in the bank. So I think over a two to three year period, if you have some of these longer term solid goals, uh, I don't think boards typically think in terms of the fiscal structure. 
but this is something that is possible to do, and that's where I'd head over the longer term. Have you seen the, um, uh, the nonprofit sector start to really look closely in times like this or in times in just general crises to really look closely at the programs that they're doing and saying, you know, maybe we just can't do this program anymore? Certainly, yeah, I, I would certainly say at this point, for example, the Human Services Council now in New York City is rating each RFP as it comes out from the government in terms of the level of risk that you won't uh, actually get your full expenses paid. Mm. So the, some of the helping organizations that, that um, surround the nonprofit community in New York, and I suppose other places, are starting to say some of these things don't make sense. Government has paired, has paired it, its uh, RFPs too low. We have one contract, which we keep doing it. Now, now I'm talking as director of the school. We have one non-contract, which we're planning to lose 70000 on this year. And we do it and we talk with the board about it and continue to talk with the board about it and get board approval. But it's that central to our mission. Um, but it's, yes, I think that I think that the margins of payroll in New York City of many nonprofits continues to get people to continue to get farther and farther behind in payroll. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the other is a lot of nonprofits don't know this, but you know, it's actually illegal to miss payroll. You, you, you can't do that. Um, you um, it's, and one of the biggest reasons is honestly, the government wants their money. They, they want their part of the payroll tax that's being paid. So it's, it's, it's the number one reason why people use a line of credit. Uh, from us is because they need, they need to make payroll and, and for, and for some reason, you know, a payment got delayed, a, a reimbursement got delayed or a grant got delayed. So, you know, just always keep that in mind as well. What do, what do you think you tell your staff now? Do you think you, you know, do you get ahead of the game and let them know where, where, where everything is? Oh, I believe in uh, complete transparency. I've got uh, I'm I'm taping a video a little later this afternoon for the staff team, and that will assure them that uh, we've got us, this next payroll is going to be solid. And then I'm going to do something again on Wednesday once we've heard seen more what the government is doing. Uh, I'm going to I, I see I've got great people, and one of the reasons that I feel like things go well at our agency um, is that I hope I've got a reputation of being completely transparent and honest with them. Yeah. I just wonder with the SBA that they're going to be coming out, you know, like if you apply for a normal SBA, right. It literally takes you six months to 12 months to get an answer, you know, once you apply for it. So, you know, I, I, I don't know how this one's going to work out, um, you know, you would think because of the situation everybody's in that this would get reviewed awfully quickly. So it's just something that our listeners should think about as well. Um, just to be careful with the time frame and how quickly it, it really gets implemented. Um, so I think that's know, so where, uh, you know, the tool that I sent to you with the 15 sources of cash, it's like a jigsaw puzzle where each nonprofit needs to create its own unique financing pattern, whether it's for 90 days or the next three years. The only thing that I would be cautious on is 
I feel like what I'm seeing, the chatter I'm seeing on Facebook groups and such is, where do we get more donations? And I feel like, friends, you've got to get a, a wider view than that. I don't think that small donations will, will save an agency right now. Yeah, so let's go over some of those ideas you had. Um, we already talked about the idea of going to a board member, getting a loan from a board member. Um, I would assume certainly going to some of your best uh, uh, contributors and asking them to help them th- in general through this tough time th- with a, 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 a donation that would solidify the operation for a while. What other ideas uh, do you have? Well, we talked about borrowing from government, whether it's SBA or local government, which has facilities for times when the contract is slow in paying. We talked about borrowing from board members. Uh, We talked about renegotiating overhead cuts uh, or um, reducing program costs. Another thing is don't pay your bills. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, um, today I went to the grocery store. And of course, um, you know, my interest in cash. So I had no intention of giving them any cash. I gave them a credit card and did spontaneous financing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's what you can do. There's many bills that if you just pay it a week later. Now, this is a one-time thing. Again, this is where I talk about that 90-day window. You can't do this, add a different, another week to your late payments every month. There was a uh, the church, one of the churches where we rent, uh, a couple of months ago, the suddenly there was an internet attack, man in the middle, and the infrastructure there. Oh, there's about a, I so, suppose about a hundred computers and devices on the system. Everything suddenly collapsed, and we thought we were under great attack. And then discovered a couple hours later that the church had not paid the inter, the internet bill for three. It was going on three months, and suddenly everything just was cut. Yeah. So when I say don't pay your bills, um, use good judgment in this. But in many cases, you might be able to add 10000 on a monthly basis, you know, to, to your monthly uh, cash if you just were a little slower in paying those bills. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I know. I know one of the things, too, that, you know, this is a challenging time for leadership. I mean, it, it, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be more challenging. Um, and I, on, on a side note, you know, everyone's looking to you, um, to, you know, make the best decisions to keep people informed. And I I think one of the most important things is really also take good care of yourself. If you're a leader, you know, get the right amount of sleep, eat right, exercise, because you know, this is going to be a, a long ro- road and you got to be at your best every single time you walk in that door. And, you know, that was the one thing I kind of learned is, is, you know, you got to take care of yourself because people are looking to you and you need to make sure that, you know, you stay even keel and you're not depressed and, you're not hyper and, you know, because people will pick up on that and they will get even more nervous about what's going on. So that's kind of my two cents about one of the things that I've seen as well. So, you know, what other things do you think that a, a nonprofit leader could do to help themselves stay informed, stay, stay even keel, be a leader? What else do you think they might be able to do? 
Well, I think let's switch over to the uh, earned income side because the nice thing about borrowing is it may be easier to do quickly, but the bad thing about borrowing is you, you can you can only do it once usually. So, for example, even you, let's say you give a line of credit for $300,000 to somebody, they can't come back three months from now and say, could I have 600000 Right. Whereas right. if you do something on the on the other side where you're bringing in gifts, they can repeat. Uh, something that I like is uh, prepays. Let's say that you're doing some kind of uh, fee for service. We do tuition, but uh, a lot of nonprofits add to government services. You know, for example, you're doing some kind of daycare that is government provided, but it it ends at one or two in the afternoon. And so the nonprofit will add something onto that. If you're in a terrific cash crunch, and I actually saw one one group do this, where they give a 20% discount for paying a lot up front. Hmm. Now, the 20%, it certainly is ruinous in terms of, um, oh, your contribution margin and all sorts of things. So it's not something that you can do as a sustainable strategy, but to get you through, get them through that 90 days, they were able to get in enough money again to, to keep payroll going. So I think that's, I think that's a, a possibility. Um, another thing is upselling. You know, adding something on, say that you're running a clinic. Uh, why can't you, uh, people are waiting for a couple of hours in the clinic. They would appreciate a snack bar. If you worked with a local store and just said, could you bring over a small stand-up pop-up shop for a snack bar? We'll charge you, oh, say 500 a month for rent, not too much. And suddenly you're adding on to your cash flow. Like, yeah, good ideas. Yeah, just be creative, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think, um, would you start to look at reducing um, like uh, your your work week for the people who are working there, maybe looking at having them work four days a week instead of five days a week, and, and that way you can kind of get through this period of time? I mean, I don't think you would do it initially, but is that something that you think is a good idea? You know, I don't think I had uh, thought of that, and especially um, – with your salaried people, if you don't have them on annual contracts, that might be that might be something that w- would be um, would be good. If you're highly regulated, and I'm talking about anything to do with children, the vulnerable, the aged, the ill, you probably can't because no. I'm guessing that there's some kind of um, there's some kind of ratio of nurse to patient or teacher to student. There's something going on there where you need to pay people to be on the site. Yeah. So, so some action items we talked about so far is, um, you know, number one is start to really come to grips with the idea that this could get really bad really fast and start to have a 90 day plan. Um, you know, number two, you know, print out your expenses and start looking at every single one and seeing what you can do about them. Can you, can it be eliminated? Can it, um, you know, uh, can it be, can you pay it later? Um, could you, uh, could you, could you go to another vendor? Can you negotiate a cheaper price? You know, look, you know, try to come up with creative ways. Um, third thing is, you know, look for, you know, uh, to big donors or look to, to, um, board members to either provide you with some extra, um, you know, to help you, uh, money to help you through this time or, or a loan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another thing we talked about is looking at uh, government programs to help uh, for loans and to help in those situations. You know, certainly you can look at our line of credit as well. Um, I didn't put that in there only because I thought you'd cover it. I think that I think that a line, especially if you depend on government funding and irregular cash payments, I, I can't imagine surviving without it. Well, the thing with the line of credit is that it doesn't cost anything to get it in place. So, I mean, even if you don't use it, um, it's just a smart thing to have in place. I mean, we're, you know, we're the largest provider of nonprofit lines of credit uh, in the United States right now. And, and, you know, and, you know, I would tell you like 80% of the people who come to us from the nonprofits, they need it at that moment. And then they put the line together and, but the other 20% get it in place just because I think it's a good idea to have. And, you know, that's, that's what we recommend as to you as yeah, well. Yeah, so I think you're much more likely to be happy with a line if you do it when you don't need it. Yeah, and keep in mind too. I mean, yeah, that's right. And let's let's be clear on this too. Um, you know, it's in our best interest to make sure that our clients pay us back. So we're not going to put a line of credit out there if we don't think that someone could pay us back either. So, you know, we're not great. We're not, you know, 100% accurate on, on looking at that. So, you know, what I mean by that is, if, you know, if you have a line, if you have a nonprofit that is, you know, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but is just really going to struggle and not be able to pay the line of credit back, you know, we're not going to issue a line of credit now. You know, I mean, I mean, if you well, have one in place, that's a different story, but, you know. That's where I think you have to combine all of this with your your strategy and that's where coaching comes in because you've got to answer a fundamental question after you get through the emergency or the recession. Do we have a sustainable business model or should we be looking at acquisition or merger? Because the, the people that I coach with, they talk about a nonprofit between one and 6 million is in the Valley of death where it has costs and infrastructure that it cannot yet afford, but it has to, to struggle through. And so we are hit hard by these recessions and these difficult moments. And my sympathy goes out to anybody who's listening who's suffering today because I, yep. I, I really I, – I, I mean that. Yep. If I can help out with anybody with coaching, certainly just talking for 20 minutes, that, that costs nothing at all. But uh, you do need this strategy that gets you past these small things, that these, these cash emergencies, and just says – can I do, do? Do I enough strength and enough need for my services and a way to fund it to make the three-year goal to make the five-year goal? Yeah, and that brings up the point about coaching and having uh, people that you can turn to. It, it may not, you know, ju just be your board, but people in other organizations who you think are really, really smart and really good at what they do. So you can turn to them to run ideas past them to to you know be a support network. Because this is going to be tough, and there's people who've been through it before. Um, so you know, talk to them, talk to a coach, you know, someone like Dr. Ron. Talk to other people. You know, get your network. This is a time when you're going to need support. Um, and on top of that, we mentioned, or I, and I talked about the idea of making sure you take good care of yourself because you're going to be the the, the person everybody's looking to for answers. Um, I agree with that so much. Um, I'm sure there are many hurting EDs today um, and you, people blaming themselves for things that were not their fault. So I, I'm glad we're even having this conversation. I hope it helps somebody.
Yeah, and especially with EDs because you know they everybody who um, a lot of times is involved in the the mission of the nonprofit. It, it it's really personal, and uh, you know there's it's very hard for them to be a little bit more objective because it's just you know they get it gets on the whole thing about what they're doing, how they're helping people, how they're helping the world. It it's it's a mission, it's a purpose. And so, you know, you really, I, that's what makes these nonprofits so great. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you devoid yourself of that, of that idea. I'm just saying, understanding that um, you got to take good care of yourself is really, really important. Here anything else, Ron, can anything else that Ron, that you would suggest? Uh, I think that. I can't, I, no, I, I guess not. I think that uh, this was a great start. Um, I think people just need to make a plan. Uh, it's going to be a little more complicated than, you know, it's going to take an afternoon or maybe a day, maybe some time with a coach. And then um, as you keep hearing, get the cash in the short run and get the strategy in the long run. Those are my two ideas. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other thing is on top of that is I would say is, you know, get the strategy in place. And then review it often, keep updating, things change, you know, keep looking at the numbers and, uh, you know, and then, you, you know, you'll, you'll do the best you can. In New so, York, they're changing by the hour. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I get it. I get it. That's why it's good to get ahead of the game right now. So, yes. um, so, you know, I would like to thank so very much Dr. Ron Dale Tompkins for being on today's podcast if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you are looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you could call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at www.nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Ron, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? I think the easiest thing is to look up my full name, Ronald Dale Tompkins. The last name is T-O-M as in mother, P as in pumpkin, K-I-N-S. And just that name, no no spaces or anything. RonaldDaleTompkins.com, and you'll find a way to contact me directly. Sounds great. Ron, thanks for being on. Thanks, Steve. And I want to thank everybody out there for making the world a better place. We certainly need you. And um, we hope everything goes well for your nonprofit. Thank you. 